So hello there. My name is Samir Chala. I'm one of the vice principals here at Peel Virtual Secondary School, and you are here at Virtual Voices. Uh, today, uh, another very special guest, uh, the first kind of guest that we've had of this caliber and type. Um, today, we have a young man named Junior Kumar, uh, a student at Peel Virtual Secondary School. Hi, Junior. How are you? Hey, Mr. Chala. I'm doing good. Thanks. How about yourself? I am great. I'm great. Thanks for asking. Um, so uh, today we have uh, a number of questions, and uh, Junior, uh, not to put not to put too much pressure on you, but you being a, an actual student and participant at Peel Virtual Secondary School, um, I feel that your perspectives and your opinions are um, probably the most relevant uh, of of any guests that we've had so far. So uh, I want to thank you before we get before we get started for your time and your attention today. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to have me on here. You know, it'll be great to hopefully be able to push my perspectives out to, you know, all the other students who are maybe having a difficult time navigating through, you know, such a different platform. Absolutely. So I guess we'll get started. Um, how about first do you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your virtual learning journey? Um, what motivated you to even start virtual schooling in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as you said, my name is Junior. I am uh, from Trinidad, Guyana, but I was born in Canada. I am a drummer, and this is my fourth year in the virtual platform. I'm currently in grade 11, and, you know, at first, online school was a mandatory thing because of COVID and whatnot, but I continued with the platform because I feel I felt like I had a lot more respect for my time and I also felt more comfortable in my education. Interesting. Now you said this is your fourth year in virtual learning. So what what grade were you in when you when you started um, learning online? It was the end of grade seven. End of grade seven. So from grade seven to now grade eleven, you've been completely online. Yes, that's right. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, maybe it's a long time coming now since it's been about four years, but. Uh, initially, if you remember, um, how did you adapt to the transition from like traditional bricks and mortar building schooling to virtual learning? Um, were there any challenges that you faced at the beginning? Yeah, so for sure, you know, but I mean, if I'm being honest, it was a very quick and easy uh, change because I felt like everyone was sort of learning at the same pace. Like even the teachers were navigating through difficulties that the students were going through. So, I mean, we were all kind of learning together, but it quickly sped up and, you know, it became more clear, like, there was a lot of technical issues. But one of the main things was definitely, like, the ability to collaborate with your peers. You know, that was just, there was no aspect to that whatsoever. But, uh, you know, now we have breakout rooms, which is, like, the equivalent to, you know, uh, sitting in the hallway and doing your work with your peers. Right. So, I mean, we've we had that now for a little while, but it was definitely an issue when I started. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting aspect you uh, you pointed out, because uh, and I'll, I'll admit myself also uh, when we first um, went virtual as a, as a as a collective, as a system um, in reaction to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, you're right. Students and staff, administrators and teachers included, uh, we were all learning at the same time. Um, whereas now at, at Peel Virtual Secondary School, everyone, all staff, all students want to be here, which is a quite quite a quite a different philosophy uh, when it comes to virtual learning. 
whether being forced into it or choosing it, right? Exactly. Um, now, the of course, virtual learning, as we've talked about in the last few episodes, and some people, some of our audience might assume this already, um, virtual learning is different compared to bricks and mortar schools. Bricks and mortar schools, we have doors that open and shut. We have lights that tell us where to go. We have bells that tell us what time of day it is. Um, online, not so much. Um, and I would argue that uh, time management is uh, uh, is crucial, especially in uh, virtual learning. Um, maybe you can share some strategies or routines that you've developed to uh, maybe stay organized and, and keep on top of your classes and your studies. For sure. So when I first started, I like to say that it was uh, very non-formal. You know, there was no bell, as you said, uh, nothing to really keep track of students, which really uh, allowed students to sort of fall off the rails for a little bit. But personally, I use things such as my calendars, my alarms and reminders to help me stay on track, such as, you know, getting up in the morning and taking my lunch when I need to and finishing on time. But a big thing that I feel takes up a lot of time and causes a lot of students to either be late or not be prepared for class is, uh, you know, your breakfast, right? So a lot of students, they, they're having their eggs, pancakes, and whatnot, and it's taking like 20 minutes more out of their morning, causing them to be late and just, you know, not focus. So something that I do is I created a simple breakfast, uh, breakfast shake, which consists of fruits and my protein powder, oats, etc. And I suggest that other students find what works for them, like a very quick and easy breakfast, uh, because I think that, you know, it's definitely a very important meal of the day. And creating a quick and easy one would definitely allow you to become more prepared, but yet be on time for school. So that's definitely a big thing. And then another thing that I'd like to mention is having a checklist. You know, having a checklist to make sure that you're, you're staying organized and that you completed certain tasks when they need to be done. Uh, a way that I do this is by having my bookmarks, you know, at on the top of your tabs, which is something that I would suggest to other students. So basically going through your bookmarks uh, throughout the day for each of your classes is definitely a great way to save time and yet make sure that you complete all of your course material. So the... the if you can describe that a little bit, um, I feel like I do the, a similar type of thing, but I'm intrigued. Um, so when you say checklist, you mean you have a tab at the top that you kind of go through, or do you have a separate checklist somewhere else, like digital or physical? or well, What does that look like? So basically, I have a bookmark for each of my four, my four courses. And by the end of the day, I should have at least, you know, went through every single course because I need to complete something from each of those courses a day. Right. Mm. And then uh, eventually when you do this enough, it'll become sort of like second nature where you'll just know if you completed everything and you checked off all of your work. So uh, but it's something that I still use. That's interesting. Now, if you don't want me asking, you mentioned you're a musician also. And uh, from my understanding, you come from a musical family. Um, do you use like do some routines and whether it be using checklists or uh, uh, other ways of organizing? organizing like your practice schedules um do you ever have uh similar strategies you use at school that you also use in your personal life now or vice yeah. versa definitely the checklists were a big part of my personal life and actually the breakfast thing is actually a part of my personal life believe it or not 
But um, having a checklist, you know, dealing with so many extracurriculars, having the checklist really uh, helped me stay on top of everything that I needed to do, including my music. You know, we every time we would have performances and whatnot, we always had to make sure that our our drums were in the car and we had this uh, amount of materials just in case we need to fix something, you know. So checklists were definitely a big part of that. And, it, you know, it's great that I can incorporate them to both parts of my life. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I like, um, I, I'm, uh, I would think it's obvious, but, you know, Junior, the fact that you're engaging in school um, and, uh, you know, iterating and improving, but you also have something else outside of school to motivate you, not just post-secondary education and academics, but you also have this whole music um hobby if not vocation that that also kind of fills your bucket if i can say that um i would argue that's quite important too especially when you're learning virtually so you could have a be a well-rounded person what do you think yeah i agree and i would really recommend to anybody uh that they should definitely pick up a hobby you know even if they were going in school it's always great to have something on the side something to look forward to something that you can uh go out and socialize with other people to do you know uh, it's definitely, it's really important, not only for online school, but just as a normal part of growing up, you know, I find it to be really helpful. Absolutely. And that kind of leads us to our next item. Um, you know, perhaps not explicitly for you or or maybe for me or maybe some other students and, and staff at, at PVSS, um, but to a lot of outsiders looking in to virtual learning, you know, an assumption or a feeling could be that virtual learning uh, and working for that for that matter can feel isolating you know we are working from a space free from distraction whether it be a home uh, or, or some other area um, how do you stay connected with your peers and, and teachers uh, are there any specific tools uh, or methods that you use that you find helpful when you communicate and collaborate with your with your uh, your peers and teachers yeah, for sure. You know, I create a lot of conversations and chats, or at least I try to, with both my peers and my teachers, you know, outside of class at least. So it's really it's really hard to go through school without, you know, people to communicate with and, you know, talk to, which I think is a very big complaint that a lot of in-person students have about online school. So there, there are definitely resources such as Instagram DMs and now we use Microsoft Teams uh, we also have team DMs so personal messages to other students whether it's about school or about their hobbies is definitely a great way of you know starting to build and strengthen relationships you know and as I mentioned earlier uh, breakout rooms which we have now is definitely a great alternative to uh, like uh, talking with friends or sitting out in the hallway and just having your own personal conversations, you know, not saying that your school time should be used for socializing <laughs> and whatnot, but it's definitely a great alternative. And for me, it does satisfy that collaboration um, bucket. I like that. I like that. And, you know, in getting to know you, um, I also know that you will tend to go out of your way to develop these these you know, chat groups, whether it's on Instagram or some other messaging platform or Teams or whatever, um, I would implore some of our listeners, especially if you're at PBSS as a student right now, 
or perhaps you're thinking about coming to PBSS, um, do what Junior is doing. Reach out, try to make those group chats go uh, because they do help in the long run, it, it sounds like. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, it's just even if you're an introvert, I say use this opportunity to become more extroverted, you know, because you are behind a screen, but yet you do have the opportunity to communicate with others. So even if you're just, you know, you guys were put into a group together, then you just ask for their Instagram or something. And then, you know, you can move conversations from there. It's it's much easier to do this when you're online. And I would use it more as like a practice for the real world, you know, if you're having difficulties talking and socializing with others. Absolutely. Um, so again, like in getting to know you as a student and then, and then your father as a, as a support, um, he does seem to be some, he does seem to play a, a pretty significant role, um, in how successful you've been uh, in virtual learning. Um, so how do you or, or, or your parents or your parents work together to ensure uh, a successful learning experience? Maybe more broadly, do you have any tips for parents or caregivers um, who do have students at uh, virtual school? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, my dad, he works like literally across the table for me. So that kind of forces me to be on task, if I'm being honest, you know, like there is no room to play around there. But um, he is like consistently involved in what I'm doing. He definitely cares uh, and makes in making sure that I'm on task, right? So uh, he def he goes through the course outline with me. He's always asking questions about what I'm up to and what exactly I'm doing in my classes, you know? And this not only motivates me, but it also helps him feel more comfortable in my learning experience, you know? And something that I would suggest to other parents is, well, one, make sure that your students have, your kids have the right material and equipment to you know successfully navigate online school like uh if they need a camera you know and then their microphone and laptop all of these things play a much greater role than they may realize in their ed in their children's education and also show that show that you care you know and stay involved because this will not only motivate your child but it'll also make them more comfortable with their education because if they're if they fool around for like one week, that's it. You know, like it's really hard to get back on track. So definitely make sure that your child is knows what's going on in their class because that's something that I would like for myself. Mm -hmm. That's really insightful, and I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, Junior, have you ever heard this? Uh, it's a saying or a cliche or a proverb um, that says it takes a village to raise a child. Have you ever heard that before? Yes, I have, and I agree. What what is it? What does it mean? Just 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 so we're being very clear to our listeners, what does it mean to it, you that that phrase? Well, to me, it's more than the material that's being taught. You know, it's also the environment that you're in. You know that that's also a big factor when not only being raised but being taught something, right? So you could have all the material that you want, but if everything around you is contrary to that material, it means nothing. Mm. So to me, that phrase is really important because I think that it's something that a lot of people overlook, you know? So I think that both the material and the environment go hand in hand when trying to teach somebody something or trying to raise someone in a certain way. I, I, I like your description of that. Um, there's a document uh, currently called uh, 
empowering modern learners. It's something that um, we use in Peel. And one of the domains of that document talks, or two of them, I should say, one of them talks about the learning environment specifically. The other one talks about learning culture. And it sounds like, I like your description of both because they, they kind of, it tells you in order for a student to maybe fulfill their potential, um, both those things need to be, need to work in tandem, whether uh, the environment and the culture of learning, whether at a school and in our case, uh, you know, junior, your school happens on a screen on the kitchen tables. <laughs> That's right. Um, of course, every learning journey comes with some challenges. Um, and, you know, challenges can be, you know, learning something new about the way the world works and having to kind of experience a little bit of discomfort. Um, sometimes it could be something like, um, you know, a new group of friends that might want to, might, might be distracting you. Um, in your case, uh, do you have any, any like specific obstacles that you've encountered uh, during virtual schooling uh, and perhaps how you overcame it? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, being online, there's no distractions such as having your friends keep on talking to you, you know, but there are things like messages and YouTube. YouTube was personally a big one for me. Like I was not really paying attention. I was always on YouTube for a very long time, actually. And this really messed messed up my learning and is probably the reason why my dad works like right next to me now. <laughs> so I definitely... You know, it was definitely an issue. But um, I, when I did get my routine and my checklist, it kind of motivated me to stay on track because I had something telling me like, hey, you know, you're supposed to be doing this right now and it's due at this time, you know. So when I had that, it became kind of like a friendly reminder or just some something a little extra to push me through those distractions, you know. And of course, I think that you there is like a level of autonomy that you need to have in order to prevent yourself from falling to these distractions. So, you know, I would definitely recommend that um, you come up with a routine or a checklist or even like a like parents, you know, if you if you're interested, you can have something like a reward system for your child. You know, obviously it works different for everyone, but it's definitely something that worked for me. I. Uh, you know, in my younger teenage years. So mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend it for anyone who's having issues with it, with the right. distractions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, I mean, regardless of a person's uh, student status or not, distractions are something that uh, they're true for everyone throughout life. Uh, and especially right now, we're sitting in, you know, we, we just cracked into 2024 and just the volume of available distractions during and during and after the work day or the work week, uh, pretty overwhelming. So having, I like the idea of having a routine um, and and a checklist uh, because it, it does motivate. It, it can be motivating. Um, Junior, maybe you agree. I have my own checklist myself, and I put everything on there. Put the garbage out on Sat on Saturday night or on Sunday night. Um, what I need to do before leaving for work in the morning. What I need to do after work. I got to connect with my parents, connect with my sister, maybe hang out with some friends on Saturday night. And I put them all in the checklist. And the satisfaction I feel when I check off something off that checklist, uh, I can't even describe. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. Yeah, it's definitely 
it feels like an accomplishment, you know, especially when the checklist is very packed with a lot of difficult tasks. It is so relieving to like, you know, be able to check it off and say, okay, I am finished with that. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like, uh, like at least I'll talk for myself. It felt like a brain hack. Like when I had nothing on a checklist and only these big, big, big problems, like, you know, figure out uh, how many staff we need at PVSS. It's too big. But when I started putting little things down and I started to check little things, it felt good and became more and more motivating. You know? I agree. I agree. I like that. Um, now, of course, Peel Virtual Secondary School, and I've mentioned this in prior episodes and it might be obvious to some listeners, but because we're a, because we're entirely virtual, all of our staff and all of our students have a device with an internet connection, which gives us, there's a lot of possibilities, right? We call it in education, we call it a one-to-one experience. That means every student has a device that's connected to the internet. We don't have to, you know, go to the library and grab a bunch of Chromebooks. Um, everyone comes with their own technology. Um, and what that means, we have access to a lot of tech tools and resources. Um, and I know in your four years of, of, of being, of learning virtually, you must have come across some tools, so it begs the questions. Uh, it begs the question: uh, Are there any specific apps or websites or platforms that you find particularly useful, um, and how do you integrate them into your routine? Yeah, so definitely, IXL was probably the biggest thing for me, uh, especially when first starting or first trying to get my education in order. Uh, IXL offers both math practice and English practice. And I think that it's very useful for anyone who wants to sort of pick up extra information on the side. It's definitely one that helped me through the first maybe two years of my high school journey because it was definitely a very big jump from middle school. You know, it became much more difficult. So IXL definitely saved me a lot. And then YouTube is probably probably the next biggest one if it did not pass IXL. You know, YouTube really helped me with... um, a lot more things that you can't really Google too straightforward or yeah. definitely it's definitely helpful for someone who requires a lot more visual uh, stimulus, in my opinion, which is, you know, for someone like me, I find it very hard to just listen to and then pick up, you know, YouTube creates uh, sort of like very, very, how do I put this visually appealing uh, videos, you know, but yet it's jam packed with so much information. And with that, it really helped me out a lot. And there's so there's an abundance of information that you can find on YouTube. The important thing is making sure that your information is trustworthy and you're not plagiarizing it. Yeah, how how do you do that? I mean, I, I love YouTube too, but some of it is absolute nonsense, and some of it is brilliant. How 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 do you how do you know which is what? Well, for me, I obviously I don't go just by one source. You know, I definitely Google, I visit multiple websites, I visit multiple videos, and then I sort of conclude my own information based on that research, you know. But um, aside from, you know, YouTube and IXL, I also use Scribber, which helps me with my citations. But then there's also a lot of resources that I use that aren't so straightforward. So personally, I create like note summaries. So I use Google Docs to basically just create a bunch of jot notes of what I did throughout my days. And if I have anything important, I would write it in a, in a bright red. 
you know. So that helps me when I am sorting through or I'm trying to look back at something. Yeah, it's definitely a big help. And then, as I mentioned, bookmarks have definitely saved me a lot of time. So I would have to say those are my biggest uh, resources and assets. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Now, um, maybe in keeping with uh, it's kind of the, the spirit of everything we're talking about, um, one part of virtual learning that oh, might be a, a little more difficult to navigate, um, there's a significant amount of screen time. Right. We're talking virtual learning. Uh, I mean, PBSS this year, it's, it's a little different, but you still have classes for two and a half hours every morning. Um, and if you are engaging a 100% in, in both periods in the morning, uh, that that's a long, that's a lot of screen time. Um, how do you maintain a balance between like your online classes, your homework, and non-screen activities? Because, uh, you know, if you're staring at a screen, if you're getting a tan, from your computer screens, you're probably going to burn out. So how do you find a balance? Yeah, for sure. It is bad. The screen time is really bad. And I got to say, when I first found out about online school and when I first participated in the online platform, the uh, the hours were actually nine to three with an hour break in the middle. So when I found out about this, I was mind blown because at first, before, when I just first signed up, I thought, okay, well, maybe they're going to have like an hour, two hours, and then maybe a couple of breaks or something. You know, there's no way they were going to have us sitting there uh, looking at a screen for so long. But when I found out that they really were going to have us there for so long, I was I was mind blown. So definitely, you know, the routine definitely, going back to the routine, it definitely helped me out a lot. Um, you know, making sure that I'm, that I'm either like working out or doing a certain exercise or helping fix something. You know, I'm not always looking at the screen. I think that I should point that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the teachers are talking, you know, I have my headphones in, but I am almost always doing something. If they're not showing something on the screen or they're just giving a lecture or just completely verbally, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always walking around, jogging, doing some sort of exercise, keeping myself busy. And I suggest that other people do that too, especially if the screens uh, start to put a strain on your eyes. You know, so don't don't focus at such a such a myopic level. I think that you should really back up and take a look at around you because focusing on the screen is really going to give you a lot of headaches and really just mess with your eyes. So something that I do as well is I would also push my work into the weekend if I need to, you know, to avoid burnout, because if you're jam packed on a Thursday or Friday and you have like a week to do it, but you're one of those people who likes to cram all their work in one day, I suggest just take a break, you know, go outside, do something, and then come back to it throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally get that. Um, I should mention too, it's it's nice to hear that, you know, you have your headphones in and, um, you know, when you're not compromising a lesson or a learning experience, you know, you're up, you're moving around, you're doing something. Um, I can say very confidently, uh, myself and some staff, uh, we have also had to do something because sitting sitting on a chair, staring at one, two, three, four screens sometimes, uh, it can be a lot. So um, we've been investing in, uh, uh, I think they're called walking pads. They sit right under a desk. I mean, yeah. you can, you know, with a standing desk and at least you're moving a little bit 
And when you don't have to be in front of a computer, you can walk over and have a conversation. Maybe it's over the phone or, or walk outside. Um, for sure. Now we're getting to the end now on junior, you mentioned you're a grade 11 student. So for those listening that may not realize, uh, junior is, we're going about to go into semester two. So you have one and a half year left in high school, correct? That's right. Yeah. So you are approaching the end of your high school journey, let's call it. Ah, uh, flew by. Yeah. <laughs> As it does. I mean, I hate to spoil the surprise, but it does for all of us. Um, how, how has virtual learning so far prepared you for your own future endeavors? Uh, are there any skills that you've developed that you think are going to be uh, beneficial beyond high school and after graduation? So I'd like to start out by saying that I really did enjoy this, um, this journey, you know, it was a really unique adventure that I think only a handful of people really got to truly experience or not only experience, but also appreciate, you know, but virtual school really prepared me by mainly teaching me how to use resources to my benefit, you know, taught me how to adapt and not only adapt, but adapt quickly to new situations. It also increased my individual autonomy and gave me more like independent responsibilities, right? Because when you're at home, there's, um, there's not really eyes on you all the time, making sure that you're, that you're on task as much as people would like to believe or hope for. So it definitely made me become more responsible. And I think at the same time, it helped me, it helped me mature, you know, in a way. So but definitely, I think that the answer that many people are looking for is how it got me familiar with technology. So <laughs> that technology is definitely going to be like a very prominent feature in the future, right? So I think that uh, teaching me how to use like my teaching me how to use my browser and teaching me how to use my settings and everything, like I think that's it's going to be very important, especially if I go into something that uses a lot of technology. But I would like to point out this word that you did teach me when we talked mm -hmm. last year, late yeah. last year, was metacognition, learning to learn. So this sort of ties into adapting. And for those who don't know, metacognition is basically like, you know, learning to learn. So uh, learning to adapt to new situations and learning how to get comfortable uh, or getting prepared to learning to learning something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate you bringing that up because... You know, in, in speaking to you, even, even during, during this little podcast episode, you know, you'd referred to things that have really worked for you, right? High level overview, routines, checklists. Um, something as simple as that is a form of metacognition. Um, I know I've been learning about it since probably I was your age, maybe 15, 16 years old. Um, and it's, it's cool to think that, you know, with virtual learning, uh, just out of virtue of what it is, um, requires people to access or at least attempt to develop their own metacognition, their ability to, you know, learn how to learn. Um, now the, the last, actually, before we move on, um, I'm sticking to virtual learning, um, at virtual schools, uh, you don't need to travel to school or come back, um, which again, frees up a little more time. Um, have you been able to use any of this this found time that maybe maybe some of your other uh, your student peers um, may not have as much time as you? Because again, you don't have travel time. We have our afternoons for conferencing. 
Um, have you used that 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 found or extra time to to learn other things? For sure. And I would also recommend that other people use that time to learn other things as well. So personally, I've started to learn how to cook. You know, I've also learned um, a lot more about music. I've been getting familiar with DJ equipment and, you know, things like meditation, which is actually a big thing for me. And, uh, you know, just keeping calm and keeping control of emotions and feelings and everything. So whatever it is that, you know, you have interest in or you think may be important to you, I suggest using that time to basically like touch base on those things while while you can, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and I've said this before, and uh, I hate to spoil the surprise for all of the students listening to this episode, but time, like we, you might think, you know, money and investments and cars, all that kind of stuff is where it, it is the resource that everyone wants. But I'll tell you, as you get older, the one resource that we all want that we can't get any extra of is time. So when you have it, um, especially in high school, it's, it's, it's great to use it to, to develop skills and to maybe learn a little bit more about yourself because, uh, as you get older, you may not have that time available to you. Yeah. It's really great that you pointed that out too, because my dad tells me about it all the time and I could actually see, like, even from my perspective, um, you know, time is definitely something that you don't want to waste. So yeah, that's absolutely you telling uh, so this is our final, final little um, item here. Um, what other advice or maybe words of wisdom do you have for other students uh, who are currently navigating virtual learning? Maybe they're entertaining joining PDSS in the future. Uh, is there anything that you wish you knew uh, when you started that you'd like to share? Yes. Yeah, so I would definitely use my time, as I said earlier, uh, use your time to learn other things such as cooking or learning to do taxes and whatnot, but also use this opportunity to socialize and make friends with people. You know, online school doesn't have to be uh, so black and white as it's made out to seem. So I think that you should definitely try your best to talk with other people and sort of use online school as like a practice ground for the real world, you know, and that's something that I wish that I, that I started with earlier was, you know, talking to people and learning as much outside information as I can from both uh, those people that I talked with, but also the resources that I have at home. That's such good news and good advice. And I think not only for students, but for all of us um, uh, that are engaged in virtual learning at PVSS and beyond. Um, so that's all I really have. Um, Junior, I want to thank you so much for your time and attention today uh, and your insights. Um, it's really, really valuable, and um, uh, it, it's such a privilege to have uh, you know, a member of our student body uh, join us on Virtual Voices. Thank you so much, Junior. Thank you so much, Mr. Chala. I'm really grateful that you had me here to be able to really use this opportunity to share my thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, uh, I'm Samir Chala, and we'll see you on the next one, our next episode of Virtual Voices. Take care. Bye-bye.